You are listening to the Tricer Podcast, where we talk all things hunting, gear, and the great outdoors. Before we begin, let's start things out right and put God first. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Tricer, and I ask that you can use this podcast as a way to bring joy to all of our listeners. We lay Tricer and this podcast at your feet. Amen. Another episode of the Tricer Podcast, joined today by Wyoming's own Dylan Hyde. So, Wyoming boy, is it, how's the weather up there? You guys starting to cool down up there right now? Yeah, we're in between the warm and the cold period, so it's about to get cold, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we don't experience that. We're always warm down here in San Diego, so we have deer tags this weekend, and I'm, I'm excited because it's going to be 80. I'm like, all right, it's going to be 80. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah rub it in. I wish it was 80 degrees. Goodness. Yeah, it's for hunting, though, it's horrible, right? I mean, like, you wish it was cooler and you wish you'd get some weather and some, it just doesn't ever, you don't really ever get any good weather for deer hunting down here. I mean, a good deer right. day would be in the 60s, cloudy. It just doesn't get that cold down here. You guys, I mean, right. you experience like extreme winters. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Wyoming especially gets. They just get a lot of wind, like a ton of wind. So we get, even if it's 20 miles or uh, 20 degrees outside, we get 30, 40 mile an hour winds on the daily. And it can even get worse than that, but it's just freezing cold, just ripping that ice cold wind in your face. And you're like, man, why am I outside? (laughs) So I know you do real estate. So how does that affect you? Like, I was always wondering, like, because we just kind of work year round here. Like when it comes like February, March, April, are you guys just like inside or I mean, are you out selling houses? Dude, we're, we're slinging houses, man. I mean, it's just people are, it, it's it's more or less we're, we're selling all the non-residents that showed up and we're like, what the heck was this? This winter sucks and they're leaving. So we're listing their houses, getting <laughs> them sold to the residents. <laughs> so yeah, um, we, stay, we stay busy pretty much year round. It's pretty cool. But yeah, it's, uh, definitely it's crazy going from February to like July, just the, the difference in weather. Definitely crazy. <laughs> yeah, we've been looking at some properties in Wyoming for Tricer honestly i don't know if we're gonna make probably not gonna make that switch but we're probably gonna get our business registered up there because yeah everyone's just california everyone just keeps leaving but i do think it's funny when they're like oh i'm going to idaho or i'm going to wyoming and it's like did you visit there in june or did you visit there in february because you probably should go go up there you know a few different times throughout the year and see if you really want to move there you can handle it yeah well, the, the nice pretty- part about Idaho and Wyoming alike is there's nobody here. So, I mean, we're just, I mean, you're kind of left alone for the most part. You go to California and, I mean, you got people everywhere. I mean, Wyoming, like the town I live in, it's like, it's darn near the biggest city. I live in Casper, right in the middle of the state, and there's 50,000 people here, which is a ton. Wyoming, but, I mean, shoot, you drive 10 minutes north, south, east, west, and you're out of town. There's nobody to bug you. I mean, just... They're you in the country, you know? So, yeah, it's 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 kind of nice. I, I'll tolerate the wind if I mean I'm not tolerating full. So. <laughs> yeah, it's we definitely don't have that, man. I drive home every day from work in traffic, bumper to bumper for an hour. You guys probably don't even have that many stoplights, you know? I guess you do in Casper, but it's just like, a bumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, huh? So we deal with that stuff. So tell me about you, man. Like you... Uh, you're working with Tricer a little bit. We, we got you some tripods. You're using our stuff. Seems like you're liking it. You seem like you put it to good use, man. I keep seeing you like, I just feel like you're hunting. Like, I don't even know how you sell houses. I feel like you're just hunting all the time. Dude, it's that's a great question. You know, you just don't let my clients know that, you know. <laughs> no, I'm uh it's for I'm, it's honestly a really good career choice to kind of dive back into your first question to tell me or tell you a little bit about myself. 
I actually had the opportunity to get into the hunting industry like a few years back to make that a career. I chose to not go into that career path for there's several reasons, but mainly, you know, I, I started seeing, you know, how I wanted to raise a family and the way I wanted to raise a family personally, just didn't want to get into it with hunting and making that my full-time job. So long story short, I got into sales because I'm a people person and started selling cars and knew I wanted to sell something that didn't depreciate over time. So cars was definitely not it, but you know, I got to learn some pretty good sales. And then I got into house sales about a year and a half ago. Um, man, I just love it. It just clicks for me. And the nice part about it, I'm a business owner, so I'm my own boss. So I get to determine my days off. And when I when I don't want to come to work or when I do want to come to work, you know, and obviously if there's somebody that's a high priority to me wanting to look at houses and stuff, I'm obviously making it a high priority and showing them houses and such. Uh, but you know, when times are slow, I get to go out and hunt. So I get to use that opportunity of when it's slow and there's not much going on, I can go out and hunt. When there's stuff going on, I'm just called into work. So it kind of works out pretty good. Just don't show any houses before like 11 a.m. and you're probably pretty good to go. As long as you don't yeah. kill something, you got to pack an elk out or something, you're, you're probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The nice part is I've built some good relationships with other realtors. I mean, worst case scenario, if I had like a client that was like, dude, I got to look at a house right now. I'm like, bro, I'm backpacked into a, an elk hunt right now. I can't help you. Sucks to suck. No, I don't say that. I'm just like, hey, I got another realtor that's in town right now. They can show you the house and then they can kind of work the deal. And then the back, I'll just pick up where you guys left off. So, and then obviously I can help out that agent, give them a spiff or something, you know, percentage off the deal or in anyway. And yeah, kind of help each other out that way. So it all works yeah. out. I imagine up there, because like in San Diego, it's taboo, right? Like if you hunt, it's taboo. Like especially in California, it's just not common, right? There's millions of people here. And even though we, I think we have more hunters in the state than, than you guys have residents, it's just not, right. compared to population, it's just, it's a small number. It's taboo. I imagine in Wyoming, I mean, a lot of you guys hunt. So it's probably not uncommon for me like, oh, I'm, I'm out elk hunting, you know? It's not like weird. Like I saw somebody hunt here and they're like, oh, what? No way. Like what? You you kill stuff? You, you know, it's probably more common up there. They probably have a little bit more grace for it, I guess, than we would down here. Right. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, it's definitely like, it seems like what we've kind of I've done the math on it. It's like one out of every three people has gone on a hunt here in Wyoming in their lifetime at some point in time. Wow. So everybody knows that this is like a hunting state. It's definitely a common theme. There's, it's definitely a thing for sure. The one thing I will say though, is choosing this as a career path. Nobody that I know of that hunts like as much as I do has made this their career path. And I find that really surprising because this is a really good career path for somebody to make a ton of money and to enjoy the time in the outdoors that they want to enjoy themselves. So it's that part's shocking to me that nobody's done that, especially here in Wyoming. Most people are working like a day job, nine to five, and they're like, man, I wish I could get tomorrow off because I've got a big bull spotted, but I can't get in there until Sunday. You know, and I'm like, well, where's he at? I'll go kill him. <laughs> you know? so yeah. it, it part's kind of nice, but I don't know. Definitely interesting. Yeah, it does give you that freedom. My brother-in-law does real estate and actually opened up his own loans company too. So he, he had real estate for years and now he does he does loans and he gets to take off a lot of time you know like they're always my sister's always posting pictures and videos and they're like hiking in the morning and you know, drinking coffee by the pool and i'm like damn i got up at 4 a.m and drove an hour to work you know and he's 
So you definitely get a little more freedom with that. So yeah, that's neat, man. So I got to get out get with you too, because I've got a bunch of points up there. I know you guys all hunt. You guys are making it really hard on non-residents to come up there and hunt now. They're making it harder and harder on us. So right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get with you because if, if I'm with you, can I go into wilderness area? I actually don't know the question, the answer to that question, but I don't hunt any wilderness areas, so oh, you don't. That might okay. be no, I, I don't. I mean, there's you got grizzly bears you're dealing with in wilderness areas, so I, I won't deal with them. A lot of, lot of residents will, but I, I'm never in there hunting with grizzly bears. So I've got other units that you get in that I can hook. You don't have to worry about bears. <laughs> well, I'll have to talk to you about my point and see what we're gonna do because. I, I never shot an antelope. It, like down here, like so California, it's like a 15, 20 year tag to draw that. And same thing with Arizona. So it's, but up there, they're like, they're like rabbits, right? I mean, they're everywhere and everyone goes and gets an antelope. Every year you go get an antelope, right? I mean, that's one of the things you guys do, right? So it's, I'm glad you brought that up. Really interesting. It's funny. Every podcast I ever talk on, this is always a topic of conversation. So I feel like I've gotten a lot of information out there and this is, this is going to be something good for you. Residents like treat antelope hunting like it's just a given and they don't care. They just apply for it, get a tag. And it's literally so easy that you can drive out and kill an antelope in five minutes. And <laughs> the thing about it is residents have no idea what they got. They have no freaking clue, like, how good it is here for antelope hunting. You go any other state, literally, and it takes years of preference points or years of just applying to get a tag to just have an opportunity to shoot an antelope, not just, yeah. like, a really good buck. There's units here, like, as a resident, we can draw it, and it, it's like 70, 80% drawing odds is like a top 10 unit in Wyoming. And if you don't draw, you got second choice options to pick from. And there's always leftover tags that a residents can pick up. And dude, it's literally so simple. You just go out and shoot an animal. But I, it's literally actually my favorite kind of hunt because when you actually learn the behaviors of antelope and how to hunt them, what a big buck actually is, stuff like that, it's so much fun. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, you can find the same antelope every single day, like the same buck. If you went in April, you could find that same buck. He doesn't leave his little hill, his little sagebrush hill. He stays right there the entire year and you can go out and shoot him. So the hard part's just keeping eyes on him and, and going out and staying consistent and putting that work in and then patterning him and the whole nine. But I mean, he's in the wide open. So it's not like you're losing him like an elk in the trees. You have no idea if you're ever going to see him again. Like you will see him 100%. But you just got to learn their behaviors, what they do. And you know, dude, it's so much fun. I just love antelope hunting so much. Yeah, I got to come up there and do that. It's on my list for sure. Like I said, I think I have like six or seven points for antelope now up there. I got to come do it. I had a uh, Rocky. What's that? You need to spend, spend them, man. I will, yeah. I will. I'll talk to you and figure out where I'm going. And I'll come up, I'll come up there and do it. Uh, so I have, I had Rocky Didamonte on. His brother's shed crazy. He was on like last week and he was like, yeah, they're all two points. <laughs> on the antelope he's like yeah i don't really care they're all two points i just shoot them I don't, i'm not picky and so i was like it's right. a good way to put it but uh yeah. yeah i got i gotta get up there and do it i had some friends do it a few years back how your your boots on the ground up there you just went through like this gnarly winter how did it affect the the antelope and the mule deer like what are you seeing are you seeing every i they make it sound like every antelope is dead is that true right no here's the thing 
I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this, but really the social media blew that winter we just had way up. I mean, dude, it, there's plenty of animals out there. And I've gotten into all kinds of arguments with people over social media that are like, yeah, the deer herd's down. Don't give out any tags, blah, blah. And do I agree that the Game and Fish is good about managing our deer herd? Absolutely not. Like, they're horrible. But there's still plenty of deer around. Now, I do know the west side of the state. I went shed hunting over there one time this year. And there was, like, cuts and valleys just loaded with 10, 12 deer just dead. So, I mean, yeah, it did hit them hard pretty much over there. Utah got hit pretty hard. That whole, like, border area, right? That whole area's got hit pretty, pretty good. But, dude, I mean... There's still there's still a good amount of animals running around, and antelope didn't get hit near that hard. Like I said, it's going to piss a lot of people off saying that because there are some people that are very passionate about this whole topic, and they just think that they, you know, if you go drive around, you won't see any animals. Well, dude, I'm out there every freaking day. I see animals every time I'm out, so it's not true, but whatever. I mean, I'm sure it affected the population a little bit, but, I mean, it's not enough to put an extinction on our animals, you know. <laughs> So I would say a worse issue is like CWD and deer. That's way worse okay. than our one that we just had. So, really? So you're, actually seeing, just, go ahead. you're seeing that? You're seeing CWD and deer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our, our CWD is pretty bad around here. I would I would argue that, like I said, CWD is worse than our winter we just had. The kind of the nice part about these winters that we just had is these brutal winters, like, I mean, only the strong survive, right? If something's got chronic wasting disease and it's going to try and live through the winter we have a pretty mild winter then it's going to probably live and then pass that cwd through on in genes or however it's passed along versus you have a big big winter that comes in and kills that animal and then boom that one less deer has cwd and that happens tenfold you know through the population of deer so it wiped out a lot of our cwd deer but i mean they're still fighting around so big winters sometimes are definitely helpful for our deer population i would say man that's actually a really good take i don't know the like the redneck science on that but i haven't heard that that's a good take on like the cwd and the winters like taking them out like that's it is a good take on that. And I didn't think about that. I guess God has a way of sorting this stuff out, you know, and that yeah. is that is kind of a that's a good take on that for sure. I didn't even thought of it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, definitely throughout the Bible it says that the world's gonna continue to get worse. So I can't sit here and say the population's gonna get better or whatever. I mean I I could imagine it's probably going to get worse, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> we could only kind of play with the cards that we're given, you know. So Yeah. So now on hotting up there, we talked about mule deer, we talked about antelope. I know you guys got whitetails too over like on the eastern side. Yeah, you got are you hunting whitetails at all up there too or no? I actually I really prefer to not hunt whitetail if I can. I mean, so here's my mentality on whitetail, and this is actually probably most residents. Our big thing around here is mule deer. It's really like to hunt mule deer. I think more people are concerned the population of mule deer and the genes that are going around, blah, blah, blah. So that being said, most people, you only have like a six-day rifle season. It's like central part of Wyoming. And most of the other seasons only like 15 days or more parts of the states. So the reason that's relevant is because, you know, these residents will go through and hunt mule deer for 15 days with their rifle. They see something small. Most of the time they don't shoot him. They'll just wait till whitetail season comes around, which is in November. And that's also a general tag. And then they'll just go pop a whitetail because they hate whitetails. And whitetails, in theory, taste better. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's... You know, that's what everybody thinks is that whitetails taste better. And so they'll just go and pop a whitetail with their general tag and just call it a hunting season. So that's at okay, least so most people just really want mule deer. So they'll just go shoot any mule deer that they can. So so it's so whitetail are, are on the same general tag as mule deer, but it's a separate season for whitetail? Yep. 
Oh, that's kind of cool. So it's like if you don't get a mule deer, you can now go out and try and get a whitetail. And yeah, I mean, it's cool, similar but, hunting, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it is. The part that sucks is that we don't get a hunt mule deer here in a rut, which is really weird. Everywhere you, you hear of animals getting hunted in the rut, like that's just the thing. But in Wyoming, they're like, nope, absolutely no way. So we don't see any of the mature mule deer until like November, which you can't hunt them. And it's like, oh my gosh, this unit does have big bucks. Where the freak were they, you know? And I just I'll just go shoot a whitetail, like whatever. But yeah, no, it's definitely different, different than other states. Because I mean, Montana, they're over the counter season. It's November when they're running. So I I don't know about no mature mule deer, man. I've been seeing some pictures you've been posting. They look pretty darn mature. The stuff you've been killing. So and the one behind yeah, you looks pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good with my can. You know, I make it look bigger than it really is. Oh, the whole fish thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you hold like just it. close to the it's a giant, you know. <laughs> I like it. All right, dude. So we kind of beat around the bush a little bit. Got some got some stuff out of you. Did some dirt on Wyoming. Tell me about you. How how did you get into hunting? Like, what's tell me how'd you get into hunting? Tell me your first deer story. Sure. Yeah, it's a good good topic actually. So, um, really weird. I was actually not raised in a hunting family. So now that being said, it's not like a California non-hunting family, right? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. My dad's, um, no, I'm just, I'm just saying like, when you hear that, it's not like my, my dad was around hunting his whole life. He, he's killed a deer and like an antelope, which no big deal. Right. Whatever. But my dad, the only antelope he ever shot went and shot. Just quick side story. The only antelope he ever went and shot, shot his first antelope, whatever. And he brought it home. They went and scored it. Made Boone and Crockett, 85 inch antelope. And he had no idea. Okay, cool. What do we do with the horns? Throw them away? My grandpa's like, no, I'm shoulder mounting this. Long story short, I have it. It's sitting in my garage. I'm sitting there wishing I had the opportunity to kill an 85-inch antelope, and I hunt antelope every year, and I've never seen an 85-inch antelope in my life. So my dad, just the typical like Wyoming guy, just took it for granted. Like, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> but it's cool, though, because, I mean, I feel like my passion really came from, you know, myself coming from just getting out and all of everything I know by myself. My grandpa kind of shown me a little bit. My other grandpa did, too. But I my passions didn't come from that. My passions came from just going out by myself, learning the hills, like understanding a specific mountain range and where the deer go. And, you know, like deer hunting is actually what what got me into like really enjoying hunting in general so <clears throat> yeah moment i was 15 went out and started hunting general deer i started archery hunting pretty quickly after that too my very first hunt i, I went on was actually with my dad and my grandpa because i been begging and begging and begging for them to take me along when i was 14 and i couldn't drive at the time so they took me out found the first buck that they saw told me to go shoot him i shot him and i was like okay i've got to go out and really hunt myself because that was boring like whatever dude you know so yeah, I went out actually the deer behind me right here. I drew an actually a decent tag at the time, went out, did all that by myself and hunted, shot him when I was like 16. But yeah, just, just learning stuff by yourself. I mean, it, it wasn't, somebody didn't pass it down to me and have all this knowledge and you know, I also kind of figured out social media at the same time, how to grow my following and get, you know, a decent sized page going at this, like relatively at about the same time. So I incorporated it into hunting and everyone always gave, give me crap. You know, like, dude, you don't kill big animals and blah, blah, blah. And you got this big page, but you're just a fake blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm trying to learn like everything I can by myself. Like I, I don't have anybody showing me this crap. 
Like you probably were raised with people that have 30 years of experience, so they know what to do. And I have no freaking idea what I'm doing, but I'm just putting a backpack on and going, you know? So definitely interesting how that um, perspective is kind of how it is in the hunting industry. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I had the same experience, right? So I I started hunting at 13. My dad doesn't hunt at all. I used to just watch like Bill Dance, you know, and watch those hunting shows in the morning. Jim Shockey, you know, before school, get up at like 5 a.m. watching these shows before I go to school. And I went and got my own hunting license. And then I found one of my dad's friends take me bird hunting. And so I bird hunted up until I was like probably 28. I always wanted a big game hunt, but I had no idea how to do it. I finally ended up getting on a hunting forum. So shout out to SCH Outdoors here in San Diego. A bunch of local guys. It's a hunting forum, you know, and started talking to them and, and just learning. And I just Got a deer tag and went out in a couple of years and finally got a deer, you know, and, and I'm not shooting monsters by any means. I mean, I'm at a point now in my hunting career, you know, I've been big game hunting now for about 10 years where I'm finding animals and killing animals, right? Like I, I, I'm confident, like if I go to Arizona next month with my boys, we're going to find bucks and we're probably going to kill bucks, but I'm still not at the point where I'm shooting 120 inch coos deer, you know, I, I want to. I'm working on getting there and I'm trying my best to find them, but it's, it's fun, man. And, and screw the internet, man. Screw people on your social media. You know, like uh-huh. I, I, I'm at a point now, like with mine, like I, I've just decided with Tricer, like I'm just not going to care. And like, if I just don't care from the beginning, like it will never matter. So like if someone like says something crappy, I just like call them out and like, I don't even care. Like, it's just, I'd rather be that way than like let everything eat me alive and deal with It's just, people suck, man. No matter what you do, people are going to say something about your stuff or people are going to complain or like with our stuff, oh, it's too expensive or oh, it's this or that. And it's always, people are just keyboard warriors, man. And you just can't let them get to you. It's like, whatever. I don't care what you say. Like you can, yeah. that, that deer on the wall behind is a great deer. I mean, it looks like his eye guards fell off, but he's a great deer. So yeah. <laughs> the giant buck with no eye guards. I'm looking at him I'm like, where are the eye guards out of that thing, dude? But right here there you go there you you go put them on there put them on there yeah but i mean dude that's a giant that's a great buck dude that's a freaking 170 inch mule deer behind you or something you know it's it's a good deer and uh screw the internet says man yeah freaking internet dude it's stupid it's tough though man when to to not let it get to you i mean it, it honestly is because sometimes it's the same topics over and over and over again you're just like dude like am i doing something wrong here like was i supposed to like know all this stuff before going out <laughs> you know just just stuff that you're just like why is the same things kind of coming up over and over and over again sometimes but i mean at the same time people that don't have social media that i agree with in their topics with stuff they don't have it but i mean it is what it is at the end of the day i mean everyone's to each their own and everyone have their own opinion about stuff so whatever man put your head down and just keep going my, my favorite comment is always like man would have been a great buck next year and it's like uh, yeah. dude my kid shot his first deer screw you i right. don't care like i don't care you know like it's it, it people no matter what you shoot people are gonna say something right or you should have did this or it's like this whole like you know public land DIY went deep you know I'm the best I'm back it's just like man everyone's not as freaking bad a as they say they are on on social media you know what I mean like it's just, <laughs> it's easy to, it's easy to look awesome on there it's easy to sound tough on there but man like people hunters shouldn't be going after each other for one thing it should be supporting each other not going after each other so I think what you're doing is awesome man I think you're killing a bunch of really good deer I mean upper percentages of, of animals deer you got I think you kill moose you guys can you kill a sheep too I have not 
I actually have not killed. This is my grandpa's moose. I have not killed a moose yet. Look, but I, I'll. It'll probably be in the next few years. It's in the making. So got some. I got like fifteen points. So oh wow! Soon. So that's a shiris on the wall behind you. Yep. Yeah, it's actually an, a, a moose that my grandpa would not have killed if it wasn't for me getting out of his house and dragging him down where I knew a bull was, and he freaking shot him. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but that's awesome. Oh, hunting story. All right, so you got your. You got your first deer. You've been so. How long have you been big game hunting? Now? So you've been a big game hunting for fifteen years plus, right? I mean, how old are you now? Um, I'm only twenty-four. So oh, you're only twenty-four. I 10, thought you were like thirty. So no, ten years. You've been big game hunting for ten years. Yeah, young pup. Just a young pup. I got. I got. Oh, go ahead. No, you're doing great. In twenty-four years old, you're killing a lot of animals, man. Your page is pretty awesome. Try. I'm trying. Got to keep people happy when they stay happy. <laughs> no, I just want. I just like honestly. I the only reason I even keep it going is I just like looking back on it myself and seeing all the pictures and and stuff myself instead of having it on my phone. I use Instagram as almost my gallery. I just kind of look back at where I was mentally and where you know I was in the time of the hunt. And yeah, that's that's what I use it for. I don't know if everybody uses it that way. They just use it to show off or whatever. But that's genuinely. I'm just going back and reliving those memories and how, any way I can. You know. Yeah, I got my I got my wife into hunting. Actually, she was the same way. She grew up in a non-hunting home. So when I started dating her in high school, we got into hunting and or got her into hunting. And she kills way bigger animals than I do. So that's just how it goes, man. But yeah, she likes it. She likes it a lot too, and it's a good bonding experience we get to have. So definitely cool. Do you guys have kids yet? Yeah, we've got uh, one little girl upstairs. She's she's two and a half, and then we've got a baby boy on the so nice. Good for you. When's when's he do? February. Gotcha. So I had, so someone had told me, like, or someone else was telling me, like, you guys all make your kids in that cold season I was talking about. That's when you guys all make your kids. So it's, there's something about that, that, like, April, March time frame of the year where you guys are stuck in the house. You guys make babies and then have them after hunting season. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're smart. We just, we, we know when to, when to make them come out. And it's not during <laughs> September to December, you know, when we're hunting. <laughs> no, I, oh, I, I don't Something in the water, man. My buddy Jake, he's going to listen to this. He's with my son right now hunting in Utah. He has like three kids in September or something crazy. It's like, dude, what are you thinking, man? man? <laughs> this wasn't planned out. Yeah. Was yeah, it wasn't part, planned out well. The part is like God giving the breath of life to everyone. Like he's probably sitting there going, yeah, Jake, that sucks to suck, buddy, but it's going to happen in September, man. Sorry. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, dude. It's a good way to humble him. All right. So tell me about like, give me a good hunting story. Tell me about your favorite hunt. Could be, doesn't have to be successful. It doesn't be a big deer. It could be just, it doesn't well, be a deer. I mean, whatever it is. Some of your favorite hunt. Yeah. My, my favorite hunt was actually with my wife. It wasn't with my tag. It's her tag. And I don't know why it sticks with me. There's not really anything super special to the story besides just the moment and how it felt, you know. But we, uh, we were antelope hunting. And it's, this is the main reason why antelope hunting is my favorite. Just started kind of getting into that learning curve of how to find the same buck over and over and over. We covered so much country, dude, looking for, a good buck for her and she had already had her first buck so she was looking for something bigger and we do we were just finding dinks like little two points as you say you know we were just seeing dinks everywhere nothing nothing big and we finally stumbled upon an area where we might have found something was decent we got close and found out his one side was broke off and I'm like, oh, this is horrible like whatever so she was just like ready to just end it right just be like i'm just gonna shoot the next buck you see and i was like really she's like yeah I was like, you know, somebody just told me that whenever that moment happens, that you're ready to throw in the towel, you need to push on. Like, this always is the turning point. 
okay, we'll give it to the end of the day and see if we see anything else. Okay, great. Your patience lasts another four hours. Great. Like, whatever. <clears throat> Dude, it's all we need. Real, real, real quick, real quick. When you guys are glassing for antelope, are you guys running like big glass or what are you guys using to glass these things? So I use this tripod company called Tricer Tripods. I got you. Okay. It's awesome. But I that wasn't what I, was, I wasn't what I was looking for, but, yeah. <laughs> but thanks for the plug. I was talking more about the optics, but I, yeah, go ahead. No, I <laughs> had to throw that in there. But no, I got I got a spotting scope set up. I always just use spotting scopes. I mean, that's just. It's right, spotter. It, it doesn't have, yeah, anything crazy. I just 65, you know, Burris, spotter, whatever you want to throw on there. That's my partner. So that's why, okay. you know, just throwing plugs if I can. But anyway, so yeah, going back to where it was, the, uh, we found this antelope dude. He like made our eyes drop. Like antelope are so tough. Cause you're like, what's a big buck? Like on the hoof, they all look the freaking same. So everybody says, and that's always was my like perspective. And then you just, when you see a big buck, which are very few far between, but when you find them, you just freaking know. You're like, oh my gosh, what is that thing? Like, holy cow. And this thing just gave us the wow factor, like made us shaking, like in the truck, like we're opening the door, trying to get our orange hats on. It's blowing 70 miles an hour. And all of our hunter management papers and licenses just blow out of the truck. And there goes our hats and our vests and scrambling to grab all this. And meanwhile, that buck's like, bro, see ya. And he just takes off, you know, and we're that put us on the chase like we put on probably i don't know eight or nine stocks like to the point where it got dark we couldn't see them anymore so we wanted to come out after church the next day so we went to church next day came out found him again and we hunted him put another like five or six stocks on him and he was like chasing does because this is during the rut just chasing does and gone right completely gone and just so you know like the buck wasn't the one skittish with those I don't know what it is with those, but antelope, they're, every single species has their own sense that they're like really tuned in with. An elk, theirs is smell. So they're like super blind. That's why you see people on YouTube standing in the trees and they're like walking right by. They can't freaking see anything that's moving, that's not moving. So elk are blind, but they can smell you. You're upwind from them. You're, you're not going to shoot an elk. <clears throat> you're downwind. You're good. They're Gucci. Uh, mule deer, their hearing is really good. They'll hear you like long before you would even know that there's a deer even in the country. So <clears throat> that's their biggest thing. They use a little bit of their smell as well and then as well as sight. So they're kind of a little tuned into all three, but hearing is definitely their number one. But antelope, dude, their vision is phenomenal. Oh my gosh. They will see you from like six miles away, peeking over a hill. Here's the hill and you're like, and they're gone. Meow. But they just seen you. If you ever cut open an eye, they have this little like magnifying glass literally inside their eyeball. If you put it on really? a newspaper, yeah, it'll blow up the letters like huge. It's pretty cool. Really? But, are you, yeah. hunting, are you, is this how with a bow or the rifle right now with your wife? Rifle, yeah. Rifle, okay. It's extremely hard to get close to an antelope or bow. If you see people that are killing antelope with their bow, they're probably going out and finding the dumb ones that just like can't see you because vision's messed up or something. And they're like, yeah, we've got an antelope with my bow. But I can bet you money that they're not going out and finding a specific buck, like a normal buck that they're wanting to shoot and staying on it because it's impossible. He gets shoot, shot out the first time. He will not give you 150 yards. Like you're, you're going to be, it's so tough. 
So anyway, going back into the story, the uh, this thing gave us the runaround, started chasing does, and Grace is like, I'm giving up. I don't want to do it anymore. All right, let's go home. Like we just kind of, that's how defeated we felt. We put on so many stops with this thing and they just seen us and they kept running. Wouldn't give her a steady shot. And we're like, all right, let's leave. So we started leaving and literally on our way out, those does ran way down the bottom, kind of close to where the truck was, like 700 yards away. And I glass and that big buck wasn't in there. I'm like, where'd he go? What the heck? But there's another buck in there. I'm like, Grace, I bet this other buck just kicked him out. So he's probably like tired of rutting. He's probably going to go lay down somewhere. So we like turn around and start driving back up the hill. Sure enough, he only, he laid down like right down in the bottom of that hill. Just tired from rutting and fighting, whatever. So we had our opportunity. We snuck all the way up to 80 yards and she's able to lay against a, a sagebrush. Only thing she could see was the back of his head. And I told her, I was like, just shoot him right below his head. Shoot him right in the, right in the neck. She popped him in the head. This is all on YouTube, by the way. It's pretty cool. She pops him right below the head. He stands up. She shoots him again. We're like super stoked. He's dead, you know. Walk up to him. Just giant. Like big old antelope, man. Just so cool. His cutters are the size of your hand. Just unbelievable. But it was so cool going through so many downs. Finally, you get that, like, that thing that, I guess, that moment that just goes for you. Like, it just all came together, you know. But yeah, I'd say that's my favorite hunt. He ended up scoring. He scores right at about 80 inches. He'd be 81 and a half if he wasn't broke off the back end. And, dude, it's just, he's just a buck of a lifetime. I mean, a lot of people, it, you can't shoot 80-inch antelope. Like, they're just so hard to come by if they are. So, is 80 inches, that's B and C, right? 80 inches is B and C for antelope? Yeah, that's annual awards so like all time is 82 so yeah it's like comparatively speaking that's a 360 inch bowl so i mean it's a that's awesome yeah (laughs) what is what is your wife shooting what caliber she shoots a 6.5 creedmoor it's a creedmoor what what rifle Mm -hmm. curious rifle Uh, scope what's that the weatherby camilla Weatherby Camilla. Okay, I've heard of that rifle. It's super, it's lightweight too, right? Yep, it's built exactly for a woman. So it's got a short stock and it's like tailored made for a female. Um, Yeah, dude, it's, she loves that gun. And that thing shoots so good. Like, I like shooting it. So it's, it's yeah. a sweet gun, dude. And you you were saying you were sponsored by Burris, right? That's what you are saying? Yep. So are you running their, their rifle scopes as well or just their spotters? Yeah, everything. Everything. Okay, everything. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. And give them a plug. I I, I want to hear. I I haven't run run their stuff really on my rifles. I have a few friends who like their scopes a lot. So like, give it. Give us a plug on on the bursts on their rifle scopes. I want to hear about it. So they're like their main thing that their focus is is actually kind of technology based. They're probably their top seller is their eliminator. I mean, it's got a built-in rangefinder in the scope. So you got something at 673 yards. You don't have to adjust the top dial or anything. You just push the button. It gives you your whole dot. You just aim the dot on the animal and shoot. It's a, probably is the best rifle scope, I would say, on the market. It's just hands down for somebody that likes to just make something really simple. You know, um, it takes a little bit of prep work up front. It's nothing crazy. Just plugging in, you know, your muzzle velocity and stuff like that. Just plugging in some information and to give you your stuff and then you go test it out in range and if it's shooting high you just bring it up shooting low you get down whatever then when you're good to go dude that thing's dialed and you're ready to go it's sweet <clears throat> but they got a couple other they just came out with their ph system their veracity ph that one has a separate range finder that you just range it tells you what to dial it to so you can have a dope card too or you can just look through the scope and it says 
dial it to 12.7. So you just dial it to 12.7, boom. Or you can use it as a normal scope and just go off your dope card and turn it from there. So, but no, I would say their glass is awesome. I mean, it's not going to be like stupid high quality like Swarovski or anything like that. But I mean, they're out of Colorado. It's not overseas or anything. They're a US company. And the guys, this is the reason I, I stick with them. The guys there are just super cool. I mean, they're just hands down like the nicest human beings out there. So <clears throat> that's that's probably, that, that really goes a long ways. I mean, you, I've got, there's companies out there I've refused to buy from because they're like all about attacking people on social media and all about like just being the big bag hunter, you know, type uh, personality. And I'm just not for that. You know, I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'd rather try and side with the average Joe if I could, you know, and um, accept everybody, you know, um, and, and that's kind of their, they're very like just open and cool to talk to. So, Yeah. I got to check them out for sure. Um, that scope sounds intriguing. That limiter scope sounds kind of intriguing. It sounds intriguing for a muzzleloader as well. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. As for the hunting industry, yeah, it's a cutthroat industry, man. I had no idea until I got into it. I can give you a list of companies who like to be big and bad. But the cool thing about Tricer is now is uh, we're trying to get bigger and badder. So it's like keep swinging at us, you know. But yeah, it's 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 pretty cutthroat. People are people are out there. I mean, just I had a guy go onto one of my ads the other day and just start hammering us on the inverted legs are scientifically proven to not be stronger. And I'm like, man, this guy is passionate. So I look him up and it turns out he owns one of my competitors. <laughs> he, was just, he was just hammering me. And I, so I ended up messaging him. I ended up pulling it down because I started calling him out. I was like, dude, like if you're going to do it, why do you do it for your company page instead of your personal, you know? He's, he's just upset yeah. about us us building stuff and taking business from him. And I was like, just give me a call if you're upset about it, but I'm not going to stop, you know? Like, I, why are you doing this to me? And it, I mean, honestly, like you, you're right this stuff down and i've got you know five thousand tripods in the market who people say differently they say it's the strongest tripod on the market <laughs> you know so i don't care what your science says you're wrong you know but yeah it's a yeah, cutthroat okay. industry man people are always trying to come at us and big companies i mean from day one some giant companies come after us and it used to really bother me it used to really get me worked up now it makes me happy now i yeah, just laugh awesome. about it but yeah I it's cutthroat man experiences with tripod companies so i mean like i don't know what it is with the tripod industry i have no freaking clue like who would have thought that would have been like a oh, it's brutal. patch dude it's stupid like i've 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 t reached out to a couple like way back at probably three or four years ago talking about like partnering with them going to the you know hunt expo they're freaking rude dude I'm like holy moly like it's one thing to say no we're good it's another to just be like, like just completely arrogant and full of yourself and just freaking throwing you to the curb. Like, wow. I don't know. Just definitely I've had those run-ins. Nothing probably as bad as you have, I'm sure, being a thing in the actual like tripod industry. But yeah, I don't oh, know yeah. what it is, man. Yeah, I think because there's a couple of them who thought they were the only guys allowed to make hunting tripods. And then we came out and just uh, made a better hunting tripod and they're not too happy with us. But yeah, as for being rude to people too, man, like. I like being a company for the people. Like I love giving out, like you know, writing a handwritten card in every one of our in every one of our packages. I love talking to our customers, like I'm doing right now with you, and just doing. That's why I'm doing all these podcasts you're seeing. It's not famous dudes on here. It's just dudes who like to hunt, man. And, and I like that, and I don't want to lose that. I don't want people to ever think that we're untouchable like that. I don't want to ever feel like I'm better than people, man. If it wasn't for customers, 
Pricer wouldn't be where it is today. Like Tricer is going to continue to grow over the next few years. We're really starting to get momentum. And it's not in spite of customers. And it's not because I'm great. It's because we have great customers using our stuff and talking about it, right? And you can't lose focus on that. I think what happens is you get so established in this industry, you kind of feel untouchable and you kind of feel like, you know, I'm the best and you have to use my stuff. And if you're not using my stuff, that stuff sucks, you know. And I talked to somebody about it today. It's almost like this like Ford and Chevy thing. It's like, well, Chevy suck. Well, why? Well, because I drive a Ford. It's like, well, man, the Ford's pretty good. The Chevy's pretty good too, you know? It's like everyone has good stuff. And I, I think it's so great for our competitors to, to be innovating things and making things. And I mean, honestly, with Tricer, like we're kind of forcing people's hands to force them to change, which is a good thing. Like you need that. If you don't have competition, you're always going to be stuck with the same thing. And I, and I want to see people creating and innovating things. And that's what I told this guy the other day who was hammering me on social media. I, I messaged him and I gave him my phone number. And I was like, man, like, you know, I, I like what you're doing. I think it's great. Like, I don't know why you're coming after me. Like, I'm just pushing the industry forward. And, and I, he was upset about something that wasn't even true. So I actually talked to him about it. And he, he thought I was coming after him. And I was like, dude, honestly, I really don't even know who you are. I've seen you once or twice. Like, I, and that's not, that's not a shot at him by any means at all. But he was just upset about something. And I was just like, dude, like, don't come after me. Like, keep creating stuff, dude. Like, I support you and I want to see you do good. And, and, and the more we work together to innovate things and do things, the bigger the space is going to become because like the tripod industry is still small. You know, we're, we're still on like the fledgling oh, yeah. stages. I mean, and, and we really are at Tricer. We're coming out with some stuff that's just next level in the next couple of months. I mean, it's just it, our stuff right now is already next level. It's rad. But some of this new stuff coming out is just like, what the heck? It's awesome. And that's going to drive the industry forward, you know? Yeah, I've been you know? seeing you guys coming out with stuff. You keep posting stuff. I'm like, man, these guys are like, they're they're thinking. Like, you're not just making a dang tripod. Like, you're making these cool adapters and stuff that you can actually use that a lot of people would be like, oh, my gosh, this is so handy. You know, that's what's really cool about you so far. I've really liked it. Dude, these guys are they're thinkers. They're, they're really, they're not, they didn't just make a product and they're like, oh, we made it. You know, like, oh, we're good. They're they're thinking ahead. They're like, we're making stuff that nobody else is thinking about. Like, cool, you made a tripod. Big whoop. You start thinking of all these cool things to actually add to them and then how to make those tripods better. That's just going to drive you forward. And I don't think a lot of people have that mentality. So it's definitely we'll see. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I, I really get off on creating new stuff, right? So that's the thing with Tricer, too. A lot of these big guys are just kind of taking their money and pocketing it and every penny I make, I'm putting back into uh, new products and marketing, right? Like in growing this thing. And that's what's fun, right? And But it is this weird space where it's like, you know, you got 20 car, car manufacturers and no one's like, I can't believe Elon Musk is copying the car industry. But I come out with like, I came out with this rifle clamp, right? And they're like, you're stealing it from this company here. Well, it's like, well, yeah, those guys might've made the first one, but you know, there's this polymer and it's twice the size and it doesn't have Arca built into it. And you know, my truck, my rifle clamp is 9.7 ounces it's billet aluminum it's only three inches long and three inches wide so it fits basically in your pocket you know and it's it has arca rail built into the whole bottom of it like it's just it's the next stage of where that first clamp should have went and a lot of times when you create something that's where you you peak you peak there right and then it takes innovation which is taking a product and making it better to really grow the industry and that's what i like to do is grow the industry i'm not out there trying to steal people's things you know, by any means, but people get upset. It's like, I'm the only one that can make a rifle clamp. Well, no, that's not true. You know, I'm going to make one too. And I'm going to try and make it better than what you're doing. Hopefully you, it'll push you to make something even better than that. And we'll just continue to grow. Um, there's room for that, man. But people just, yeah, it's a weird industry, dude, but it's fun. It's cool <laughs> seeing guys like you using our stuff, man. And like using, our, you're taking all these pictures of our game bags. You're putting our game bags with major use. Um, I know. I wasn't expecting to put 
use that quick, but Rick, man, I, I've used them like six times already, helping other people and just whatever the heck I need to do, man. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, they're holding up. They're holding up good, huh? They're holding up. They're holding up great. About the only thing that I have an issue with is just being lazy to wash them. They're sitting in my dang garage right now. They need washed. <laughs> so I, what I do is I just soak them in a cooler with, because it only means like you have a cooler full of blood. So I'll wash that cooler out and then I'll throw OxyClean in the cooler with the game bags. And the OxyClean cleans them out pretty darn good. And I'll throw them in the, I, I turn them inside out when I wash them. So I turn them inside out. That way it doesn't mess up like the reflective stuff on them. And I just throw them in the oh, yeah. washer and wash them on like, if I, if I don't, I can wash them my hand too. But I'll throw them in the washer and put them on like a real delicate load and let them go. And then I hang them. I don't dry them in the dryer. I just hang them and, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm not too picky though. If there's a little bit of stain on my game bags, I don't care. I mean, it's like, like my backpack is pretty clean, but there's pretty much always blood on it somewhere, you know? It's like, so, man, that's awesome, dude. That was a, that was a fun podcast. I'm going to come to Wyoming and go antelope hunting with you. I got a bunch of points. I got to show you my points. I'll come up there Sounds and, uh, it used to make it sound really easy, so I got to come up and do it at some point. Yeah, you're going to be like, what do I do? Which one do I shoot? I'd be like, none of them. You'd be like, dude, there's a hundred of them, right? You'd be like, nope, stay patient. You're like, no, dude, I don't have one of these on my wall. I promise. I've done this a hundred times with people. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like, dude, it's awesome. Freaking antelope the best. I got to come up there and do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you one of those messages like, I'm not looking for a honey hole, but... <laughs> You know? yeah. I'm not looking for your I'm not looking for your best spot, but you know, can you point me in the right direction? <laughs> I'll hit you up if I come up there. So plug plug yourself, dude. Plug your Instagram and you have a YouTube channel as well. Plug your YouTube channel. Where can we find you? Where can we see all these things you're killing? Yeah, just my main actually two platforms right now. I'm actually starting to use threads quite a bit too. I actually like really? too. Yeah, it's actually been quite enjoyable. Uh, similar to other social medias, but Instagram is my main platform. Just find me at Fish Hunt Wyo, literally Fish Hunt Wyo, like Wyoming. So you can find me there on Instagram. Mainly, I just do a lot of stories. I, I'll do some posting and stuff too, and reels and stuff like that. But I, I get most of my engagement comes from my stories. So I think it's just because people like to follow along the day by day stuff, see what I'm doing right then and there. Um, so, yeah, you can catch me in my stories quite a bit. I am one of those few people that actually answers all of my DMs. So if you got questions or anything you want to talk to me about with whatever, um, go over points, whatever, who it is, whoever it is listening, you can feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm not one of those jerkwads that doesn't like keep to myself about everything. I'm very open. I want to see success throughout everybody. So, yeah, find me on Instagram. You can add me on Facebook. I just have a normal Facebook personal page. I add everybody. But my other one is I actually do a little bit on TikTok as well. I've got a decent page on there too. So yeah, feel free to follow me on all those. And I do some stuff on YouTube, but dude, maybe one or two videos a year. I don't do it consistently like okay. some guys there now. So I'll just upload some stuff every now and then if I've got a pretty good video put around. But I normally just help other people that have a YouTube page because I'm not going to grow it. There's no reason to put the effort in. I've got other things to focus on, like life. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I'm at. Well, dude, that's awesome. I-, I will end with this. Your 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 te- your handle is Fish Hunt Wyo. And last night you texted me like, hey, text me. And you texted me like, hey, this is Dylan from Fish Hunt Wyo. But it, it auto corrected for it too. This is Dylan from your mom's house. And yeah. <laughs> I was like, and you sent it, and, I, and you're like, oh, and I was like, dude, this is awesome. And I was like, can you do it on purpose? Because if you did it on purpose, I really think it's really funny. But I assumed it wasn't on purpose. But I was like, that's awesome that Siri auto corrected it to from your mom's house. And I was like, oh, I like this guy. I can tell I'm gonna have a good time with Scott on the podcast. So <laughs> it's, it's like, you gotta be. 
read people and just from seeing your videos on there, I'm like, he would appreciate this, I bet. So I'm going to say this is Dylan from your mom's house and then send a text after. I mean, fish on Wyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, you got to have thick skin. Oh, was it? That's good. <laughs> Perfect. That's good, dude. All right, bro. Thanks for coming on. Let's do it again. Sounds good, dude. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Tricer Podcast. Do us a favor and like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at TricerUSA. And go and check out all of our innovative gear at www.tricerusa.com. Until next time, shoot straight, have fun, and always put God first.